Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world. Shelley Shearer here. I hope you're having a fantastic day. It's a good day. My new iPhone arrived today. Do you know, I may hate shopping. I am that woman that hates shopping. But you just got to admit, when you get something new, it's exciting. And as it turned out, I had my iPhone delivered to me. I didn't go to the Telestore to get it. Now, here in Canada, we pay through the nose for phones. I was over in Europe last year, and it's like, I just couldn't believe the difference. Even my friends down in the States, it's like, wow. Yeah, we get hosed up here. But whatever. Um, It is what it is. So a couple of years back, I joined my husband's and my plan onto a share plan because I was just trying to get our expenses out of control. You know, when I got sick, we just really couldn't keep letting money hemorrhage because there was no money to replace it. It was all great when I, you know, when I brought that cash in. But when you're not, you really have to kind of reprioritize. So the phones were another thing and they're just crazy. You know, we, we now live in a generation where we consider phones mandatory and they're just not. I mean, we, they're just not, they're a luxury, but we don't treat them that way. And I have to laugh in my yard the other day, doing the yard work over the weekend, listening to the commercials on television about how people were lined up with their adult diapers so they didn't have to leave line for the new iPhone 7. It's like, seriously, your life has gotten to the point where you would do that for a little piece of metal and plastic. I got judgments on that, man. Not perspective, judgments big time, but we won't get into that because I'm still excited about my phone. Now, I realized at one point that I thought I might like the bigger phone. It's kind of neat. You know, I'm older, my eyesight's going, but I am actually addicted to my iPad. As my husband jokes, it's an appendage and I live off it. And because my phone has a personal hotspot, I just slip it under the cover of my iPad, hook it up, and then the iPad's got internet whenever I go anywhere. So really, my phone's a phone. You really could give me an old-fashioned flip phone right now, and I would probably have no problem surviving with that whatsoever. Now, I go in, I'm thinking maybe I'll get a new iPhone 6S because the 7's coming out, my plan, but this is the problem. They've changed everything in Canada, and we have two-year plans now. So the devices aren't as free as they used to be because the company doesn't have as many years locking you into a contract to help pay for that device. So there's more money up front. Or their new marketing trick that, you know, I haven't renewed a phone in a couple of years, so I didn't realize. The new marketing trick is you have to be on a minimum $90 plan or $80 plan a month. Well, I'm not. I have a fabulous $50 a month plan with two $5 add-ons that give me everything I need. We share data. We never go over it. So I didn't need an expensive plan, but I needed a phone. So I couldn't talk them into an iPhone uh, 6S. When I got to the store, as usual with Shelly, I start collecting data. I'm a bit of an information junkie, gift of knowledge. I really almost want to be able to sell that phone back to you uh, with the knowledge that I obtained from you before I buy it. So we get chatting and I realize actually, having a bigger phone with a bigger font wasn't my number one want. In fact, because I live on my iPad, My phone, I like that it slips into my purse or into my back pocket or, you know, into anything. And the new ones are so big, they're, you know, they're like almost like a a mini iPad, those things. And I'm like, iPad mini. And I'm like, yeah, no, actually, I'll just make the font bigger. It was the camera I wanted and the thumbprint just for ease. Because I've just put, I finally, because I'm back traveling and stuff again now and working outside my home. 
I'm back to putting a passcode on my phone. I know all of you techies listening to my eye, my show just don't get in judgment. I am bad. I do not like the inconvenience of punching in a, a, a code every time I want to use my phone. It's, it literally follows me around the house, okay? It's in my office or it's on the end of the counter in the kitchen or it's in my purse. Like, that's where it is all the time. So I just get... I just hate inconvenience, but I understand the security my son gets after me being the IT genius that he is. Mom, get freaking security on your phone. Well, <laughs> kind of love the new thumbprint. So I thought that would be kind of neat. And there it is. And my phone's open. I was just, I just tested it. It's so cool. So I put the password back on the phone because you kind of have to right now. I can maybe just label it later, but I really thought the, the feature would be fun to have the thumbprint. So what they have is the iPhone SE, and it is the innards, all the workings of the iPhone 6S, which means better camera thumbprint technology. But the case is the size of my iPhone 5. In fact, my old iPhone 5 was a 5C, 5S, something weird, and the case that I bought for it didn't quite fit. I had to actually take an X-Acto knife out of my husband's shop and cut out some of the plastic because I had a custom, you know, my business logos on the back, a custom done kit for it or um, case, and it would never quite fit. The new iPhone SE fits right in it beautifully. So obviously it truly is, there was something weird about my old iPhone 5. It was just a slightly different uh, shape and it didn't fit everything properly. Oh my goodness. It snaps right into my new one. So I'm quite excited that I still have this nice little phone that fits right in the palm of my hand, but I have a camera that is literally better than the camera we have sitting on the counter because we're not camera people. So I don't have a lovely big Canon SL, SRS, SLS, whatever they are, digital cameras anymore. We have a little Canon, it's lovely, but we've just got in the habit of not ever having it with us because our phones are always with us or my iPad's always with us. So that was my criteria. So absolutely, I went out looking for one thing and right away it's like, actually, that's really not what I want. It's not. So remember what I tell you about the 135 rule, about the ste taking the steps back, questioning, seeing the roots of different decisions, consequences. This is what happens. In fact, they teach this to us in sales um, when you're in a sales course about selling to a person's pain. People think they know what they want. I thought I knew what I wanted until I walked in that store. Then I phoned my husband and he's like, whoa, hang on. All you said was you wanted the bigger phone with the bigger picture. And I'm like, I know. <clears throat> but then when I got there, excuse me, sorry guys. <clears throat> I realized that isn't really what I wanted at all. I have an iPad for watching movies. I never watch a movie on my phone. It's never going to happen. Okay, it's never going to happen. I really don't do a lot on my phone but answer calls and text. Okay, really, that's, and, and, and store pictures on occasion and all the apps for my travel, like TripIt's and all that jazz, you know, and my itineraries. That's what I use this stuff for. My phone, I mean. So yes, I wasn't even, as much as I am fairly aware, I wasn't even aware. And it didn't take long talking to the kid behind the, the counter to reassess my priorities. He didn't even, he wasn't even selling me. He was just giving me information. That information made me realize I'm buying based on the wrong decision practices here. Anyways, my new phone arrived in the mail today because they ended up shipping it. In order for them to get me what I wanted for free and not raise my plan. Now, I have to get customer loyalty involved with things like this. I've been a customer of uh, Telus for 27 years. I've been a customer longer than most of those kids, any of the kids that work in the shops. And we always joke about it. Usually some young kids pull me up on the computer and he's like, 
oh, wow. <laughs> and, I, and I laugh right away and go, you're looking at how many years I've been with Dallas. He goes, yeah. I says, yeah, longer, way before you were born. So I tend to get a little bit what I want because I'm a very long-term loyalty customer. And there's another point. Segway. Are you loyal? Because there's better perks when you're loyal. People always wondered how we used to go to Vegas so cheaply. Because we make sure that we always have a player's card and we show loyalty. We don't, I don't go to a dozen different casinos. I don't. We stay to probably three that we enjoy. And those three then give us really good bonuses, free nights, free gambling credit, because they can see that that's where we're spending our money. That's all these marketing departments are looking for people. Businesses are wanting to know where you are spending your money. That's what they're looking for. So I tend to, if someone's treating me well, I'll even give them the opportunity to fix it if they've treated me poorly. But I tend to stay loyal because that way, when I ask for something that's a little out of the ordinary, or I need a little something, something, or a little extra, they tend to give me what I want. And I like that feeling. So we couldn't quite with my little $50 plan and a two-year a two-year uh, renewal, get me into an iPhone success without a couple hundred bucks down. And I really was just kind of adamant that I wasn't putting any money down. I had an iPhone 4, I know, don't laugh, sitting in brand spanking new, sitting in my basket. Well, guess what? The iPhone SE is everything I want. The size that I think I'm going to prefer, because I'm quite happy with it right now, with all the latest innards, I don't care about the iPhone 7. I'm not chasing technology. It's like cars. If you chase technology in the latest, greatest car, you'll always be broke. Unless you make a really good living and you're rich, you, it will always keep you broke because that is dwindling technology. Like it's always, sorry, not dwindling technology. It's not a word I'm looking for. The depreciating assets. Those are things that are holding no value for you. They're giving you a momentary uh, emotional rush. Don't get me wrong. We all love something new and it's kind of, well, don't get, you know, I love my new little pretty phone, <laughs> but cars and technology, they really, I've seen people just bury themselves in debt, chasing the latest and greatest toys. And sometimes you have to ask yourself what's driving that behavior. Another day, another podcast. But yes, if you're trying to fill a hole with that kind of nonsense, because I have a very dear friend that does this, um, family member, really, it's like, guys, yeah, a lot of money can go, go down that toilet. So think about why you're doing what you're doing. <laughs> you know how I am. Change your mind. Catch on the flip side type idea. Think outside the box. Why are you doing what you're doing? I had needs I didn't even realize I needed. We travel, and no matter where we are, Keith and I throw on our international texting whatever plan so we can communicate. We have international texting when we go to Vegas only so that we can find each other in the casino, okay? Or if I'm in the... In the um, in the shops. I do my wardrobe every two years down in the uh, beautiful outlet down at, uh, at the end of Fremont Street. These are the, we need to communicate. So the phones are always with us. If the phone's always going to be with me, it's the thing that's always in my pocket. I want the decent, I want a good camera because I don't want this. I don't want to carry a camera with me. I whip out the phone. I do what I need to do. And it's fat. I just love that convenience. And my technology was old and I broke my phone. <laughs> That's really what was important to me. So what what's important to you? This is going to be a short podcast because I really am just nattering about making sure that we are clear what it is we truly need. So when someone is selling to you, they're going a good salesperson is going to sell to your pain because you may think you want what you want, but nine times out of ten, it's really not. And I speak of which I know because this is me. I, I coach on this. I speak on it. I've been trained in it, and I still get caught up in the peripheral reasons of why I think I want something without realizing what it is that I truly want. And that is why I love a good sales rep. 
not a schmarmy trying to sell me stuffing I don't need, someone that gives me all the information, someone that has great patience with me. I've always appreciated patience and I appreciate knowledge. So give me all the information and then I'll make a decision. When, I, when my husband bought me my Cadillac for my 50th birthday last year, I'm not going to lie. The last thing on the planet I was going to drive was a Caddy. Has all the stigma, that old lady stigma stuff. And I had friends on Facebook that were just hysterical. Are you moving to Boca Raton, Florida? Um, yeah, no. I have a red Cadillac. And she has the same power as my old BMW convertible. Let me tell you. Granny's not suffering here. But what I realized after when I got to the dealerships and was doing all this research thinking I'm not doing this and I'm not having a red car and da 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 those things really didn't matter to me. Red's just not my favorite color. It's my husband's, but it's a beautiful red. But that's not the point. The point was what I needed was I had to still have speed and agility because that is my personality, okay? I'm not driving some gutless car. That's just, it's not who I am. That's my son, okay? Sometimes I wonder that he actually came from my loins. He does not speed. He does not break the speed limit. He drives gutless cars, even though he loves my caddy and is very happy to borrow it anytime I let him. Um, yeah, that's just not his thing. It is mine, okay? But I was ill, and that's why we had, we, you know, one of, the, one of the three reasons that the BMW had to go was it was driving me. I wasn't driving it. And I'm going to talk about that, actually, when I do my body image podcast here this week because I think I finally have what I want to say done. <clears throat> I've tried to re record this a couple of times, and it's just, you know, sometimes you just have to wait for the right message to get through. Make sure the universe is giving you what you need to say for someone to hear. And for me, when buying the car, I realized safety was actually a bigger deal. It was a much bigger deal, and I didn't want to go into huge debt. Um, we just wanted to be able to pay for the car, trade in my BMW, and, and, and walk away. I wanted something that was, we realized that sitting there talking to them in the Hyundai dealership and <clears throat> I went back and drove the Audi again because I've, you know, I've, I keep looking at it and of course I went and drove the Lexus because what I really want is a Lexus. What well, I thought I wanted was a Lexus. But I went and drove them all and it was like, don't get me wrong, all these cars are beautiful but there's also a price to be paid. You know, did I want to drop an extra $20,000 to have the Lexus equivalent of my caddy? And I'm like, no, I really wasn't going to do that because I wanted to travel. I still want those few extra pennies in my pocket to do other things with. I didn't want to be, you know, some people are house poor. I didn't want to be car poor. So I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, what's really important to me? Yes, safety. I, I didn't have that car. And I, th those poor salespeople, I went back twice and made them let me take it home with me for two days at a time and drove it. And I'm still humming and hawing and all the stigma around owning a caddy and being middle-aged and blah, blah, blah. I let it all go and I let me tell you the first week I owned that car when I realized it was the right car for me that salesperson has never seen a happier customer because I realized I was safe in it now there are times and you know I ha you just have to admit what goes on in your life I can be a bit distracted if I'm having a bad day with my fibromyalgia we get affected mentally and my re reflexes aren't you know aren't as quick as they used to be it's just a fact of life okay <laughs> it's just a fact of life well that car if I It'll stop for me. It's got built-in safety features. And it has all the power I need, but it's not as instantaneously responsive as my BMW was, okay? My BMW in sport mode, baby, off the line, that sucker just hauled butt. My caddy's a little smoother, but the power is still there. So if I need to get you know, out of a situation or pass someone or deke around a truck that's you know, driving all over the place, I've got the power to do that. And I'm certainly you know, looking in the rearview mirror at everyone else still sitting on the stop sign, stop line. But 
it's, it's a more gradual power. So these types of things, they may not seem important to you, but they were important to me. I encourage you in your life, figure out what's important when you're purchasing stuff, because if not, you're going to get sold something you don't want by an unscrupulous sales rep, because that's what happens. These guys, you know what? They're there to make a sale. But if you can control the situation and make sure that they're there to give you the information you need to make a, an informed decision, then the tables are turned. And I've had people actually complain about sales reps that I actually love. And I realize it's not the rep, it was them. Because they weren't managing the sale, they were letting the sale manage them. Just like the car, I wasn't driving the BMW, the BMW was driving me. And where I really recognized that was I was heading over the Knight Street Bridge one day on my way to the Caddy dealership to swap vehicles. I was having one of my bad days. I got distracted and I realized that I was doing 120 approaching the bridge when the, it's like 80. And I was not paying attention to my environment around me. I was speeding and not even really aware that I was a speeding because the car just, it just loves to go. I mean, German engineering, man, it loves to go. And I realized that day that scared me a little. And it was like, okay, we got to get this a little under control. I've got to, I got to let loose in other ways. I do that on a dance floor and then don't walk for days. But you know what? You just got to have your ways of, of having your outlet and having your passion met without being unsafe and with making decisions that are the best for your life. So that is why the other, when I talk about the one, three, five rule, that rule applies in a couple of areas in my life. It's always take one step back, three steps back, big decisions, five steps back, look for five opportunities, five options uh, down the road. Like if I did this, these are the options from that decision, blah, blah, blah. But also, I don't believe in any more than five options. I'm actually a believer in three. So I use the same principle in narrowing stuff down until there's three choices and I choose. Now, I'm a person that is paid to make decisions. I have been paid by companies simply to manage and make decisions. Other people, you know, I had direct reports. I was literally, I used to joke about that. When I was at Bell, I was just paid to give answers and make decisions. That's all they paid me for, for six years. I swear. I mean, we, we could extrapolate on the work I did there, but in the accounting department and the platform I ran, they paid me to make decisions. Sometimes I make rash ones in my life. I'm not going to lie. We all do. We all make mistakes. I let my emotions get away with me. But, you know, you grow, you get more mature. And I'm aware that I have no problem making a decision. Right or wrong, I'm more comfortable once the decision is made and I'm moving forward. Because I like to move forward. I'm not a person that loves to sit on a treadmill. That's why, you know, after a year of being sick, I was just ready to lose my mind. So, but there's some people like my mom, I don't give her more than three options. Like you just don't, cause she will look for 27 options and she can never make up her mind. And I have girlfriends like this as well. It's not just my poor mom that I pick on all the time that just cannot function like that. And men are, it's not a male, female thing. I, if you're a man that listens to my show, thank you. But this is not gender specific. There are just human beings out there that struggle with making a decision. I am not one of them. So I always say with people like that, when I'm helping them, I narrow down their choices. And that's where we start talking about what's most important to you. Because if you are not focusing on what's important to you, you're letting options come into your decision-making process that aren't relevant to your true need. Let me repeat that. You are letting options come into your decision-making process that aren't aligning with your true need, okay? I needed a car that was safe. I needed a phone that was a phone and that had a good camera on it. So let's, you know, stick with that. So I tell the person on the phone, 
The camera's important to me. The first thing was, then ma'am, I need to move you into the Samsung. They've got the best camera on the market. I'm like, I appreciate that information and I would have been very upset if he had not told me that, but I need you to know that I need to stay with Apple. My whole household is Apple. We revolve around Apple technology in this household. I'm not gonna bring an external device into that at this point. I will sacrifice a little bit of camera to stay consistent because I am not the IT geek my son is. When he travels, I've got to be able to manage my household and it is fairly high tech for an average household, I have to say. You know, there's Apple TVs in every room. We are wired for sound. I've got servers. I've got offsite storage. I'm co-load because I have him for a son. Okay, so my world is quite technical. But I don't have his training and he's traveling. I've got to be able to manage it. I'm used to Apple. I know how it runs. I know how my devices sync. I want that compatibility. But the bottom line was Samsung makes the best camera. So you have to narrow this stuff down, but you have to be clear on what your true need is. And that is why do not dismiss salespeople. This is what I say. I go back to this from before. Don't let the salesperson sell you, but you use that salesperson because he is there with the information. And, as long, and the more information you can give him, that's not giving him power. It's giving him the right questions to answer for you. I'm not talking about there's always bad schmarmy salespeople out there. I'm talking about in your day-to-day life when you're dealing with a business that has professional salespeople on staff, these people are professionally trained to ensure, and, or they have a gift, just naturally they have a gift to get needs out of people and service that need and that pain. Things that we sometimes don't even see for ourselves, even those of us that coach in the industry, okay? Sometimes we do not see it for ourselves. All right, I will catch you all on the flip side. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you liked best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.